Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good afternoon, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're recording the show early today because of the Super Bowl tonight. But you can watch it on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Fact okay, is, let's just get that out of the way. Who, who are you going to be cheering for? Uh, I'll probably be... You know what? I don't really care. <laughs> I really don't care. I was up for the Cincinnati Reds, but I hear they're not <laughs> yeah. making... Haven't been there yeah. since 34, so I, I here we go. I am a football fan, as you know. I'm a Cowboys fan. But How about I, them Cowboys? I don't, <laughs> I don't particularly care who wins tonight, but... Uh, but yeah, hey, you know, also I hear today, the commercials aren't even going to be that great. I've already heard prelims of some of the commercials. It's well, like, oh, am, great, political messages. Thanks. Oh, yeah, some of these guys are spending so much money, it's crazy. But uh, <laughs> did you know it's also not just Super Bowl Day, but it's also National Palindrome Day? Explain it. <laughs> yes, the, the silence was appropriate. But you're going to love the, the best palindrome ever is race car. You know, it's yeah, spelled the same. Spelled the same way. But, you know, directions. today's 2-2-2020. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nerd alert! <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Nerdly. Nerd alert. Hey, uh, I want to talk about who we have on the show because... Uh, we got to talk nerds. We were thick with them yesterday. Well, that's true. We're going to well, talk about that, too. Yeah. But, um, so, on the show today, we have two fantastic guests. We have Ryan Briscoe, a phenomenal race car driver, oh, IndyCar and nice sports car. since we had him. Yeah, and he just won the Rolex 24 Daytona. So we got him on. He won that last weekend. So we got him on. And we also have a Texan, good old Ben Keating. You know, from, I you know, you I know, called him from, Tex. I called him Tex the other day and messaging with him. And I was like, you know, I know we've already got a super Tex and AJ Foyt. <laughs> we need a nickname for Ben. You know, he has really developed into one of the most amazing gentleman drivers racing out there now but he's coming on also you know ben is from victoria i have some friends that lives live down in victoria and but but apparently he is his uh his dealership empire has grown pretty dramatically he's got mercedes dealers he dodge is, i think he's got chevrolet too i don't know how many he's got we'll ask him he's but, a smart guy yeah smart guy and a really good race car driver did you see how well he did opening at the rolex in the lmp2 car yeah Man, uh in both cars, I think it was the, I think it was actually the GTD car where he came out and was just killing it, but uh, but he did really well in the LMP2, the GTT that ended up finishing great, but you know half the coverage seemed like was talking about his duel where he was racing both cars. I think he ended up with something like eight hours in the cars. We'll ask him. He he was required to have four and a half hours in each car. Is that That's what it was? the minimum for the the his category of driver. Yeah. Well, it was it was really cool to watch him, and we're gonna have him on here in a little bit too. So, uh, well, also today, we you and I spent the day at Coda yesterday, hanging out, and there was the uh, the electric car show out there, which was actually pretty cool because I got to see a Porsche Taycan for the first time, 
There were two out there, right? There was one. Yeah. There was one actually being used. Yeah, there was one on track. That, for all we know, just could have been an illusion. I know. I asked him. I went up and asked Porsche, can, can you pop the hood? Let's see the good stuff. Uh, no, we, we had too big of a crowd. We couldn't, you know, I was like, really? Is this a, just a shell? I didn't well, ask him uh, Yeah, and I asked him, I said, so you, can you tell me, can you show me why this isn't just a Panamera? Yeah, well, and I he also, just looked at me. <laughs> I also like, asked him how much horsepower the turbo Turbo ads, yeah. air quotes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, there was some really cool cars. We'll talk about that later in the show. And also, we have some really interesting news about Coda because if you've been paying attention, they resurfaced a good bit of the circuit. Not the whole thing, but a good bit of the circuit. And we talked to several race drivers who were out on the track yesterday testing and shaking yeah, cars just, down and stuff. Yesterday, and we there were a lot of teams there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of teams. And uh, we talked to several of them about that surface and what that's like and what's going on at the coast. So we're going to talk about that later in the show. So you got to stay tuned for that. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. But so let's talk a little bit about a couple of things because for one, the, the, you know, we, we came on the air last week right after the Rolex ended and really didn't get to talk about it. But I mean, uh, it was great because the biggest thing about the Rolex 24 this year at Daytona was that the weather was perfect. It stayed dry the whole time. I think we set records for uh, the number of laps without without yellow flags, without safety cars, and right. all that. So uh, it was it was great. It was great to have that after the year before with all the weather and everything. I love it, and you know, quite honestly, I'm uh, considering going next year. I know. I was thinking that. I just haven't. It's never worked out for me to go. But maybe we can uh, get somebody to hook us up with an infield spot, and we'll just camp out and be there all day, all night. Yeah, hang out yeah. with the fans because I hear that's a lot of fun. In that I know. I really want to do that. That's one that we really should have have gone to. I know we've been to a bunch of Formula One races all over the planet, but we need to go. We need to go to that because that's one of those iconic ones. But I, I want to talk about a story I read on Racer dot com talking about uh, the encouraging the, the headline. If you want to look it up, encouraging audience numbers for the Rolex Twenty Four, and it says um, Bennett, who is the um, and the IMSA CEO, Ed Bennett, was talking about, so by all accounts, the 2020 Rolex was a resounding success both on and off the track because the 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 broadcast on, was on NBC, all over NBC, right? right? NBC, they had a lot of it on the main free-to-air network. You bet. And then they had a bunch on NBCSN. And then, of course, if you have the gold NBC track pass, I went in and, I don't know if you noticed it, but I went in and added the track pass. For, I think you have to annually add it back right. in, but I went in and added it back in so we could watch... All of that, so you could, I mean, you could watch all 24 hours, and I did watch a lot of it that way, but apparently it was the largest audience for any IMSA race since 2014, so pretty big, yeah. uh, in fact, here are the numbers. Uh, it said the Rolex closing sequence on NBC on the free-to-air was an average of 994,000 viewers over the two-hour sp- sprint to the finish and peaking at 1.1 right at the end. Beautiful. NBC has really stepped up, and right. I just absolutely love it. And uh, if you are away, or NBC has picked up MotoGP yes. for this year. Yes. And so I, I texted Have they? They haven't announced the team. I texted Lee Diffie uh, to see if he was going to jump on it. And he goes, I have no time. I, he'd love to. He's you know He grew up on two well, wheels as well. We need, and we he need... said, no names are out yet. And he says, but yeah, and he goes, we're excited. You know, speaking of that, we hadn't even talked about Jonathan. Jonathan's not on the show. Jonathan Green's not on the show today. He's down in uh, New Zealand doing the Toyota Racing Series, as he's done for forever. And we had a, uh, we were going to get him to send us a, a, a file, but he had a microphone failure, so we didn't get to. But 
There's another name put on that NBC list for MotoGP. Jonathan did World Superbikes for how many yeah, over a decade? I think it was 17 years. Or four, not quite, yeah, I think it was closer to, I think it was like 12 or 13. Long so, time. A long time. And he's done MotoGP. He's done MotoGP for Fox, so maybe we can get him does in there. for Macau? Yeah. He does yep, the bikes exactly. at Macau, and certainly. But also, the rest of this story on the Rolex, um, so they had the 994,000 average over the two hours on the NBC free-to-air but it also averaged 844,000. Uh, let's see. Oh, that was still, that was earlier. That was still the NBC coverage. But on the NBCSN, it averaged 284,000. And so, yeah, it, it was, they don't talk about the digital. They don't, they don't use the, uh, they don't put out numbers as like that they do. But they said it was the, but it was up by 102% over the 2019 version. So, very great cool. job by, uh, by IMSA, by the weather, by and by NBC, because it really that was a great that was a great race and good turnout uh, by people on this at the circuit too, because apparently the nev- the uh, the on tracks turnout was really good too. So I didn't get to see it, but you said you started watching some of the Bathurst race. I did. I watched I watched a bunch of the Bathurst race actually, and man, that is such cool sports car racing. And the venue, the venue, so cool. The venue is just awesome. If you've not watched, I mean, if you, if you haven't watched it, you'll you. I mean, if you watch, you know what I'm talking about because it goes up on the mountainside. And I think I looked yep. it up. I think it's like just under 600 feet of elevation. So if you're watching the Bathurst, you're getting not only um, massive elevation change up and down, but you it then it looks like the Isle of Man because it comes down into some of the city areas and everything else. So. Uh, it's really cool. But, hey, let's go ahead and take our f- first break because when we come back, we're going to be live with a badass race driver, Ryan Briscoe. You're listening to Speed City. We're in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company, born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Austin's Talk, 1370. My name is Christina Nelson, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show here on Super Bowl Sunday, recording early. And if you're watching on social media, we appreciate you tuning in. Of course, the show will be uh, put out live on our normal 7 p.m. Austin time tonight here on the radio station. All right, we are very excited to welcome our next guest. Ryan Briscoe is a phenomenal race car driver. He has eight wins in IndyCar, 28 podiums. Uh, he finished third in the 2019 season, fifth in 28, uh, 2009 season, excuse me, tw- fifth in 2008. And he has been in American Le Mans. He's raced at Sebring, P- Petit Le Mans. D- Daytona multiple times. He's and of never course, the guy last to be picked for a exactly, team, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, of course, coming off, fresh off a week ago as the overall, part of the overall winning team at the Rolex Daytona 24, we want to welcome Ryan Briscoe to the show. Ryan, welcome back to Speed City. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, right. man, I looked it up. You came on the show, I know for sure, 13, back in, yeah. Yeah, 2013, back in, uh, when you were racing ALMS. But, yeah, it's been a while. You've had a, quite a few wins under your belt since then. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I've been, uh, been racing, uh, it's been a lot of fun, um, had a, I think a few Daytona 24 since then. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, since 2013, I've probably done more sports car racing than IndyCar. Um, but yeah, just absolutely loving it. And as you said, fresh off the, uh, overall winner Daytona, uh, last weekend. So that was just Absolutely awesome. Well, I was cheering you on. I, as an owner of a Cadillac V-Series, I was rooting for the Cadillac. And uh-huh, you, there you go. <laughs> and you guys, uh, you guys dominated. I mean, there was not, not just you, but lots of Cadillacs looking good. But, but yeah, you guys looked fantastic. And, I mean, that's got to be uh, one of those bucket list things to win the, win the Rolex. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, to win it outright was, uh, was just very special. And, I was surprised how how strong we were because you know after qualifying I didn't think we we had the outright pace with the Cadillacs but man when the green flag dropped um, our car was just handling beautifully I felt like you know the Mazdas the the Acuras uh, they were dropping off the pace a little bit um, in the heat and uh, we just got stronger and stronger so man we just uh, we let a lot throughout the race and, um, you know, a bit of a roller coaster. We had, we, we copped a penalty on Sunday morning, went a lap down, but, uh, yeah, got back, got back on the lead lap and back to the lead and, uh, you know, just, uh, didn't look back from there. Well, obviously you got some good hardware. You go down even with penalties and still win, but what are the, what were some of the challenges that you guys, I mean, that, that Cadillac's been, that DPI has been so amazing since it came out, even with the engine change after the first season stuff, but what, what were the, some of the challenges you dealt with in uh, at the Rolex? Um, honestly, not too much. <laughs> for me, it was my for me it was my first race in the Cadillac DPI. Um, I've been racing with Ford in the GTLM class mm-hmm. for the last four years, 
Um, so this is, you know, a new season for me racing with Wayne Taylor Racing, Conica Minolta in the Cadillac DPI. And it was it was just phenomenal. Um, it's the fourth season for the Cadillac DPI to be running. So I think a lot of the gremlins that may have been there in the beginning, uh, you know, they've they've refined and, and uh, taken out. But there's a brand new Michelin tire this year. Um, so I think the big thing from, from last year to this year that we were working on in testing was just the setup and making this new tire work. It's got a little softer construction, so the car... Uh, feels and handles a little bit differently. Um, but I, I felt like we were really on top of it. And, um, you know, with, with my teammates, uh, Ringer van der Zander, who will be full-time with me this year, um, we also brought back Kamui Kobayashi, a Japanese driver who oh, drives yeah. for Toyota in the LMP1 class. Um, he won with the team last year at the Rolex 24, so they brought him back. And uh, we brought on board Scott Dixon, who's just, everyone knows him, he's an absolute legend. And long-time best mate of mine and teammate from uh, from Chip Ganassi Racing. And I just felt like we, we worked together so well. Um, we felt confident in the direction we took on the setup uh, going into the race, and I think it exceeded our expectations how good it was. I saw that Scott Dixon was uh, down at the Bathurst. Uh, that's got to be close to your heart, being up from Australia. Yeah, I was up all night watching yeah. it. Um, <laughs> well, all night. It finished at about one forty a.m., but... Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was good. He didn't have the best day. They, yeah, I, just, I didn't see their uh, their car went a few laps down at some point early on. But it was Scott's first time at Bathurst, which, if you don't know, it's one of the toughest and uh, most iconic circuits in the world. And uh, it was his first time being there, which I thought was amazing. But yeah, um, yeah, it was it was great watching him and following him. Yeah, have you have you ever raced on that track? Uh, I have. I've raced there a few times in the Bathurst 1000. Yeah, okay. Uh, I haven't driven sports cars around there, but, uh, yeah, it's just a phenomenal place. Uh, I was watching that last night. I watched it probably <clears throat> two or three hours of it. Uh, I t- didn't yeah. make it to the end either, but it is such a fantastic, just the views and, and just looking at the track, you know it's got to be amazing to drive with all that elevation change. Yeah, and- it, it's so fast. And, uh, you know, over the weekend, there were a lot of big wrecks. Um, yeah, not, I think there were only a couple in the race, but in qualifying, a few big crashes. It's um, it's a very humbling circuit, that's hmm. for sure. Well, I know you also got to do something really cool. I saw that you got to ring the bell at Nasdaq, right? I know. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I never would have thought that would be uh, <laughs> something I would do in my lifetime. Yeah. So. Uh, to go there, that was just on, uh, what was it, Friday, Friday afternoon. I caught the train down to uh, New York City. Um, I live up in Connecticut, about two hours away from the city, ah. and uh, met Wayne Taylor, and then, uh, you know, met uh, a couple of members from Conica Minolta and, and Cadillac, and uh, we all sort of got up there and rang the bell. Uh, it was it was crazy. It was, it was a lot of fun, and we went out into Times Square, and you know our faces and everything were up on the on the big screen uh, there in Times Square, so it was uh, it was really special. That is so cool. That is so, and that's an iconic thing. I mean, the, yeah. it really is a limited uh, opportunity to get to do that. Good and, for the sport. Good for everything. Hey, yeah, it's great exposure. Great exposure. Yeah, yeah, we were all very excited about it. So it was well, cool. Well, Ryan, tell us about the new year. Uh, what are you, what are you looking forward to, and what's the challenge for the new season? Um, yeah, so this year racing in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship with uh, with Wayne Taylor Racing full time. 
um, you know, the biggest race is is done, uh, and and we won it, so we're off to a great start. But uh, the next the next race will be the Sebring 12 hour, um, and and on from there. Um, unfortunately, we don't uh, come to Austin anymore, which is a real bummer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, after after Sebring, we've got Long Beach and then uh, Mid Ohio and. And uh, so it should be should be a good year. We're we're feeling strong. Um, it's 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 a new thing for me, as I said before, back in the prototypes. Um, I mean, it's not entirely new, but it's just reacquainting myself with with prototypes. Um, but I felt great, you know, last weekend, uh, right up to speed, and uh, yeah, can't wait for hopefully more success this year. Yeah, and uh, you said it. I wish I wish you guys did come back to Austin. That was, I mean, honestly, that weekend when it was Weck and Emsa at the same weekend, where I, we we actually did in the studio. We kind of take it personally. To we be honest, we did but. it live. I don't know how many hours we were on the air. Something like something ridiculous. Sixteen yeah. straight Our own hours. Marathon. But yeah. it was so cool. That was that was great. But uh, yeah, I miss it. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun track to race on. It's just an awesome city to come visit. You know and. Uh, yeah, it's a shame we don't go back, but who knows down the road? Maybe we'll we'll end up coming back there sometime. Uh, you bet. Always welcome here. It is uh, yeah. yesterday. It was uh, we were out there, and there were some teams that were here, not not of your caliber, but it was great just seeing those out there running, and and it you know just brings back you know John and I talked about it. it was like gosh, I miss the sports car guys coming out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great, great facility. Uh, and, and, you know, and teams go testing it. It's, it's a great track to test at because it's got a bit of everything, you know, big braking, high-speed corners, some bumps. You know, it's, it's got a bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully we get back there sometime. So, uh, obviously, you now have a fresh new Rolex on your wrist. Do you? How many Rolexes do you, from the Rolex 24, do you have? Uh, three now. So, ah. very lucky. Yeah. Well, and actually, in 2013, uh, when we won um, Sebring, they gave Rolexes that year, too. So <laughs> I actually got four. So <laughs> really lucky. Well, you know that comes with a lot of responsibility. You can no longer yeah. be late anywhere. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually wearing my Apple Watch at the moment. So. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you know what? I am, too. But you can have – there's some really cool faces that look like sports – yeah, car I watches. Know, I can change yeah. the face and look my timer. I've got a timer going, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I want to talk about. You talked about this at the beginning of the show. You said you've done a lot more sports car racing than any car racing, and um, but talk about what you know. There's so many drivers that get to do that, and 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 the stability of sports car racing seems like one of the attractions to me. I mean, is that, is that one of the things that you like about that? Because it's so, so ultra competitive in those top series like IndyCar where you did great, by the way, but, but what is it about sports car racing? Well, I mean, for me, you know, the turning point was, I mean, it wasn't easy, but um, it was sort of end of 2014 um, or end of 15, actually, because I'd replaced Hinchcliffe that year, finished the season there. Um, and they were showing interest in keeping me at, at Schmidt Peterson for the future, but they couldn't they couldn't confirm anything, couldn't lock anything down. Um, but Chip Ganassi was, you know, they were starting up the Ford program, and and they were promising me like long term contract and a lot of stability there, like like you mentioned. And you know, I already for the last couple of years had sort of been in and out of IndyCar trying to 
find rides and keep rides and <laughs> just really difficult with the sponsorship and a lot of young drivers coming up with 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 big backing and stuff behind them which is which is very appealing to most of the teams sure so it was just getting you know difficult in IndyCar to to stay you know and 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 secure a future um and so I had sort of more of a long-term secure deal on, on the sports car side and uh, ended up taking that direction. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't really looked back. You know, I, I love the sports car racing. We go to the best tracks in the world and really iconic races. I've been lucky to do Le Mans for the last, you know, five years, um, which has been fantastic. Um, so a lot of great things. And, you know, I still at times miss IndyCar and, I watch the Indy 500 and be like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I could be out there, and you know, never say never. But uh, yeah, at the moment, you know, I'm I'm really I'm really happy uh, where where my career's been going. Yeah, I know you've done the Indy 500. You had you were on the pole one time at the Indy 500. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I had pole in 2012. I thought I remembered that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, look to me, you've got a, a storybook career, really. You've you on the pole at the Indy 500. You successful, lots of wins in Indy, and high finishing in Indy. And but but this and but getting to do those races like Le Mans, like the Rolex, and the stability of sports cars, being associated with big manufacturers like you are, like Cadillac right now. I mean, that's a pretty cool career. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's really cool, and then, and that is one of the great things in sports car racing. You've got these affiliations with the with the manufacturers. Um, which which is great, you know, and it just sort of, you know, you you you're always very connected with with the high ups with these big companies, and um, yeah, it, it sort of adds that uh, security. Um, and and I just love the racing, you know, I love the the multi class racing. It's always exciting, you know. The tracks we go to are just phenomenal. Um, for the most part, I don't really miss you know racing on ovals every weekend. I mean, some of them I absolutely loved, but yeah, you know my my passion really is at these you know road courses, and uh, we go to the best ones in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship. So I just I just love it, you know, having a great time. And thinking about the hardware, I mean, yeah, IndyCar is way up there. But I think about the lap times of cars that are like I'm thinking DPI maybe compared to right. LMP2, LMP1, but that's got to be a pretty amazing machine to drive right now. It is, you know, and it's honestly it's not far off yeah. the performance of an IndyCar. Um, you know, the, the, the Cadillac DPI is just a phenomenal race car. Um, you know, and it, and it sort of reminds me, it brings me back to the days of racing the, uh, Porsche RS Spider back in 07 and 08, you know, just a ton of downforce, great engine power plant, you know, loads of horsepower, awesome brakes. You know, we've got big carbon brakes and <laughs> everything that you sort of have on an Indy car, um, you know, it's just a little bit heavier, and that's I think where most of the you know difference in performance is that the sports cars are just a bit heavier. But uh, you know, they're, they're fantastic cars to drive, and I just had a blast in Daytona um, racing that thing. Well, I am obviously we're all jealous. You get to have that cool hardware that you drive around, but uh, but Ryan Briscoe, wait, 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 no. Well, there's we're, that we're one question. We're almost out of time. What you got? There's that one question. Oh, what you? Our favorite question? Yeah, uh, our favorite. Ryan, one thing we always have, we always ask race car drivers, especially ones of your caliber, is that what do you drive every day? What do you get to – What do you have something really what awesome? What do you get to groceries in? Uh, uh, well, it's a minivan I've watch. Got a, I've, yeah, I've, I do have a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've got my, my, like, my sports car. I have a, 
uh, Porsche GT3 oh, that nice. I've had since 2011. Awesome. Um, it's under the covers right now because the roads are all salted and stuff. Yeah, uh, see, but, send uh, it to Austin. Yeah, we have a, a winter care <laughs> program that will take care of it for you. We're here for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Uh, that's, that's one of the best we've <laughs> ever had. A lot. You'd be amazed what race car drivers don't have in their garages. That's one of the Porsche GT3. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, well, Ryan, thank yeah, you so much. We, we really <laughs> we're out of time, but thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the big overall win at Daytona, and congratulations on an amazing career. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care, Ryan. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to go straight to break, and when we come back, we're going to get a Texan race car driver. we got Ben Keating coming on the line after All this. Right. Listen to Speed City from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. Super Lap Battle USA is back at the Circuit of Americas February 15th and 16th. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track-built cars. Lone Star Drift ride-alongs, grid-like touring cup race, food trucks, a car show, and more. Don't miss Australian drivers Brett Diggy and Barton Maurer. And see the Life Motorsports Nissan GTR back to defend its time of 207-181. Admission is only 10 bucks for the whole weekend of family fun. More at SuperLapBattleUSA.com. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at one in a million. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, my name is Colette Davis and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We're recording live from uh, Austin because of this Super Bowl tonight. So if you're watching us on social, we appreciate it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You asked me while ago who who I care about. I just uh, want to win. I just don't care, not at all. But hey, we got another caller. We got a fantastic race car driver on the phone from just a Texas. great guy all around. Just from down the road a piece in Victoria. We're welcome to the show. Ben Keating. Hey Ben, welcome back to Speed City. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be back with you. Uh, thank you, sir. All well, you got to do is get on the podium and you get a 
free parking space. Don't worry, dude. You're in. <laughs> All right. No, Ben, you're welcome anytime. I don't care, podium or not. But... Here's what I love about Ben is, you know, we've gotten to know each other through the years. He always shows up and, like, hits a home run every time he gets in the car, whatever car it is. We've seen him in Vipers. We've seen him in, you know, everything under the sun, and he still does it. He, he's kind of like our own well, you know, Texas hey, Ranger. I, I'd say be, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> they, I, I, there are a few glimpses of, uh, uh, of good stuff in there. Uh, there's there's plenty, oh, plenty of times when I've gotten in the car and uh, uh, not done as well as you're making it out to be. Well, Ben, I don't, uh, I, you know, you to me, you're one of the best gentleman drivers out there because, and you proved it at Daytona. Uh, congratulations on uh, doing the double down there in both LMP2 and GTT. But I was reading the article, and I remember watching this about how you were you turned a lot of heads, man. When you in the opening at the beginning of the race, when you were, you you had a fantastic lead that you were building there. That was impressive. Well, thank you. It, it was. Uh, I have gotten a lot of publicity for that because, you know, the first two hours of the race are on national television. Everybody's watching, and that class uh, ends up being a spec class where all the cars are the same. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I was able to pull out a pretty big lead. Uh, I th- what, one of the things that people don't realize is that that's the major advantage to being on the pole. Uh, you know, that's yeah. why you, you risk so much, you push so hard to get the pole, uh, as those other guys are fighting with each other behind me. They've got to drive defensively. They've got to go side by side through the corners. It slows you down a ton to uh, uh, to be able to, uh, to, to have to race other people. Uh, and you know, uh, my main goal in the first few corners was to try to end up in the lead uh, and to start off with the the first few laps as quick as I could. So that I could be in clean air, uh, that yeah. you know, that those first the first hour really, uh, the, you know the the GT uh, or sorry the the DPI class had a lot more power than the LMP twos. They took off, uh, and they're about you know four or five seconds a lap quicker than we are. But that means that for the first hour nobody's going to pass me, hmm. uh, and you get you. Know, you, have, you don't have to worry about any traffic. You don't have to worry about any passing. Uh, and if I can get a lead like I did, then I don't have to worry about driving defensively. I'm just out there by myself doing my deal. Uh, and it's a, it's a luxurious spot to be in. Uh, and uh, a lot you – know, don't get me wrong. Yes, I did a great job. It was a lot of fun to be out there. Uh, I was able to pull the gap. But uh, – at least a significant portion of that credit goes to the fact that uh, I was able to qualify on the poll. I know you're being humble, Ben, but I, I know those things are all true, but I know you're being humble because you're a great race car driver. But, uh, you know, when you're when you're in a spot like that where you do have all those faster cars that have gone ahead of you and you're ahead of the other guys, do you can, can you really get into a rhythm? I, I think of, of when I've done so, a little bit of track time, but I, if I can get into one of those mental rhythms and – and know every corner. Does that? Does it? Do you kind of get into that zone? Absolutely. And and that's that. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, when you're out there by yourself, 
uh, it's so easy to get into a rhythm. You don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, It's literally for that first hour, it's literally almost like I'm on the track by myself and I just have to hit my marks uh, Mm -hmm. and do the deal. Uh, And, you know, I'd point back to the world endurance championship race in Bahrain that we had in the middle of December, uh, similar situation. Now I'm in the Porsche RSR in the GTM class uh, of, of world endurance, but I, we, we qualified on the pole. It was our first pole in, in world endurance championship and very similar situation uh, that uh, in the first few corners, uh, I was able to pull a gap because the people behind me were, were jockeying for position. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, yes, I, I got a, a big gap and I impressed a bunch of people uh, but it's easier to be quick. It's easier to get into that rhythm uh, when you're you're kind of by yourself out yeah. there. You know, I get a lot of credit for for driving a long time in the car, for doing you know uh, uh, triple stints or you know two or three hours in the car. But to your point, I love that. You know, my biggest chance of making a mistake in the car is in the first twenty minutes that I'm behind the wheel. Hmm. Because I'm so amped up, I'm so excited. The adrenaline's flowing. Uh, a, I'm much better in the car after I have calmed down. You get into the groove, you get into a rhythm. Uh, I'm better in the second stint than I am in the first stint. Huh, interesting, Ben. I, I've got something that's on my mind, and I'm sure it's somewhere in yours. You are performing so well, and <laughs> to be honest. I think you're risking not being a gentleman driver nowadays. What well, uh, it, talk it, about that it, setting? So it depends on the series. Yeah. You know, in IMSA, uh, they consider a gentleman driver to be either bronze or silver. Uh, uh, and so in IMSA, it doesn't really matter as much in the GT Daytona class, the GT3 class. Uh, in the World Endurance Championship, in GTM. You're required to have three drivers, but one has to be bronze rated, one needs to be silver rated, and the other one is gold rated. Uh, and so, uh, uh, I would say, uh, you know, looking at it on paper, I would agree. Okay, yes, maybe I'm running the risk of doing that, uh, but uh, don't forget that I have been, you know, I've this, I, I've been at Lamar for the last five years. That is where the FIA and the World Endurance Championship people who are rating drivers, that's where they're looking at you. Hmm. Uh, And I've gotten a lot better in the last five years. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, for for the silver-rated people, uh, I feel like those are the ones who are on the fence. Those are the ones who might go pro, might go gold might get a factory, uh, uh, a paid ride, uh, you know, obviously, I am not going to be getting a paid ride anytime soon. I, I am not going to make my living driving race cars. Uh, and I feel like I'm pretty solidly uh, positioned in bronze. Uh, I'm not on the fence at all. Uh, and uh, at some point, age catches up with you Uh, and and, you know i don't know how official this actually is but i've always heard that 
you get a you get an automatic downgrade when you turn 50 uh, and then you get an automatic downgrade when you turn 55 uh, and then as uh, uh, as a 60 year old you're an automatic bronze huh. yeah i'm currently 48 uh i've gotten my bronze rating for the year of 2020 next time they do the ratings i'll be 49 uh, i i i don't think they're going to bump me up for one year and then uh, and then push me back down to bronze. Yeah, uh, interesting. And, yeah, yeah. I'd say somebody's got to be the best bronze. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. That hasn't been me for the last several years, but I'm happy to occupy that space uh, <laughs> uh, for, for a year or two if somebody has to do it. Well, you absolutely got to be on that list, man, for you sure. Know, and on the, the, the topic of manufacturers, I've just got to believe Roush Gilles of SRT – <laughs> you know, He's, group knows your name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, they know me and I know them and I, I, I love those people. Uh, but, you know, right now they're not really into sports car racing. I know. We've got to uh, get Dodge uh, back unless, into it. Unless you want to, uh, uh, you know, unless you want to talk about a Ferrari, it's hmm. uh, you know, kind of uh, an Italian Dodge, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. Hey, well, Ben, how how you know you've done a bunch of sports car racing, obviously in different cars and everything, but but what about this LMP2 car? That's got to be one of the fastest machines you've ever driven, right? It, it, it's so much fun. Uh, it's fun for lots of different reasons, uh, but you know, I raced an LMP2 in the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 2016 and 2017, uh, and I was in an uncompetitive car. Uh, and I don't care what you're driving, if you're in an uncompetitive car, yeah. it's not much fun. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> no matter how uh, cool the car is, if you're not that's right. exactly right. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, I, I was in an open cockpit LMP2 back in 2016, uh, and that's uncomfortable for me. Uh, I, I, I love, you know, what I love about Daytona this year is that every car in the class, uh, was the Eureka, uh, LMP2, uh, which meant that everybody had the same car and there's no such thing as balance of performance in that car. Uh, there's no, there's no game playing. Uh, there, there is no, you know, uh, 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 he's got more power or less weight or better arrow or whatever than I do because all the cars are the same. And every practice session, you get to go out and, and, and just go for it. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, but the other thing that's so much fun is that uh, it, it's a car that does what you want it to do. As a driver, you know, it, it, it's lighter weight. It's more power. It's got more arrow. Uh, downforce, and uh, it's just so much fun to push the limits uh, in a car that is that fast. Hmm. Uh, it, it's almost yeah. like you're sitting in the middle of a giant go-kart uh, that's got wings all over it, and it just it seems to defy the laws of physics from my <laughs> viewpoint. Uh, it, it's capable of doing so much more uh, uh, than uh, than what I'm willing to do, uh, well, but uh, it's so much fun to drive. So you you got you're talking about that. You're talking about how your brain's going. Can I really go into this corner this fast? You've got the downforce. You know mentally it's there. But but then of course 
You drove two different kinds of cars last weekend. You go from that into a GTD car. How do you reset your brain and go, okay, now I don't have all that downforce? Well, I'll tell you, it takes about two laps. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's no problem to go from the GT3 car over <laughs> the LMP2 Yeah, because it, it does everything better. Uh, it is a problem to go from the LMP2 over to the GT3 car because it's heavier and it doesn't have as much aero. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't actually, you know, it doesn't necessarily do the same things. You can't brake as late. You can't turn in with as much speed. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's, it's, I don't want to call it lazy because it's not really lazy, but behind the wheel of the LMP2 car, it's, it's, it's violent. Uh, there's a lot going on in there. There's not much movement in the suspension. Uh, It beats you up, uh, and and I feel like I'm steering a bucking Bronco uh, in that thing. Uh, (laughs) And in the GT3 car, it feels much more like it's a finesse uh, uh, game. Uh, You know, that you've got to be smooth, and you've got to figure out how to artfully hit all your marks and make the points to to have a fast lap uh, around there but yeah you know, it, it's interesting for me as my development as a driver uh you know I, i'm in the gt3 car which is in the amg which has abs and traction control and, hmm. and all this stuff yeah i'm in the in the world endurance championship i'm in the porsche rsr which does not have abs uh and uh, I, I've, I've, you know, I've been in that car for the last three or four months, five months, and I've really improved a bunch in getting comfortable with a, a fast race car with good aerodynamics without ABS. Uh, and uh, I feel like that has been the biggest bump in my performance for the LMP2 because the LMP2 does not have analog brakes. And I'm much more comfortable going into the braking zone really fast, uh, exploring the limits of what the tires can handle under, uh, exploring a little bit of lockup uh, and hmm. knowing that I can control that without ending up in the tire wall. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I really, I, I, I pay a lot of, I give a lot of credit to, you know, what I was able to do in the LMP2, I give a lot of credit to what I've been doing in the Porsche RSR. Hmm. Well, you uh, you talk about WEC. That, that's one of the reasons we wanted to get you on today, because we are so excited about the World Endurance Championship coming back to Circuit of the Americas. That has always been one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites to go to and one of my favorites to call. We're, do, we're doing the commentary out there again this year. And you're going to be racing in that. That is, that's really cool. We got a Texan coming, and uh, you know it's going to be six hour race. So you got to be excited for that coming back to your, well, you know, your, your kind of your I, home I, big track. That's right. You bet. You know, I, one of my sayings is that you, uh, every driver loves the track that loves them back. Huh. Uh, and I, I have been extremely successful out of Circuit of the Americas through the years. Uh, and, uh, it's just hard to believe, you know, when IMSA came there in 14, 15, 16, uh, I won, 
uh, I was a hundred percent. I was three for three. <laughs> wow! Uh, in in the Viper there, and it just got to the point where uh, uh, I just it, I felt so lucky, uh, uh, and it was so awesome to be to have that record close to home. Uh, all the three drivers that are going to be on our team in the Porsche RSR coming up in three weeks. It's hard huh. to believe it's three. I know weeks it's only three today. weeks now. Countdown, uh, but. We all got together and we raced in the 24-hour race with the Preventic Series back in November, mm-hmm. uh, and we won first overall uh, in the 24-hour race. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're all excited to come back. You're going to need a bigger you know, trophy uh, room, then. Well, uh, <laughs> again, you know, I, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to call my shot, uh, but uh, uh, we're trying to prepare as best we can. Now, several things that are unique for us about this race is that on the schedule, we were supposed to be going, we were supposed to be racing in uh, Brazil today. Yeah, uh, that's uh, right. Today was supposed to be the, the Brazil race, and they canceled that race uh, and added Circuit of the Americas at the last minute. Uh, and obviously, that's incredibly exciting for me. Uh, I've got uh, lots of friends and family. I got 1,300 employees all in Texas, and uh, I'm going to have a lot of people there. uh, And uh, it's the only race that I have that's that's close to home. But because it was a last-minute ad, it's only uh, for us as a team, uh, it's a two-day event. We practice on Saturday and race on Sunday. Which means, uh, and we we have very little time to prepare, very yeah. little time to to get the car set up. We got three drivers in every car. Very little time for the drivers to learn the track and get comfortable to the track. The World Endurance Championship didn't come to Coda last year, uh, and so there are a lot of people in that paddock who uh, uh, who aren't familiar with the track. Yeah, you got an uh, advantage there, don't you? I think so. <laughs> well, uh, hey, there's a new surface. Uh, oh, that's right. That's, yeah, I'm I, I'm excited to see that. Uh, I, 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 you know, my response is I'll believe it when I see it. You know, uh, for yep. years and years and years, that track has been changing a little bit, and the bumps have been developing. Uh, and you know, in the past, their version of a resurface has been to shave off the top of the bumps. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's not uh, what they did it, this time, though. That's not what they did this time, and, and I'm really excited uh, to see what that's like. Well, uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be different. It's going to. I think it makes for a fast racetrack, and I'm excited to see it. But we talked to a bunch uh, of guys out there yesterday, Ben. That that, uh, that we were we were planning on talking about this anyway. Let's talk about it now. We we talked to several drivers out there that were testing, shaking down cars, and a lot of them said feels like 2012 again. I mean, and everybody was. <laughs> was very positively reacting to the new surface. And if you saw how much asphalt they pulled up, I mean, I saw a video and there was pile after (laughs) mountain after mountain, little huge amount of surface they pulled up. So there was a lot of work done out there. The uh, the early reports are that it's very, very smooth. Well, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I don't know what it is. As drivers, we all talk about tire degradation. 
tire dig. Yeah. Uh, and that is that, you know, when you put a brand new set of slick racing tires on your car, how long do they last? Uh, and different tracks have different levels of tire dig uh, uh, for different reasons. Uh, historically, I'd say in the last three or four years, Coda has been one of those tracks that has the highest tire dig of anywhere we go. Uh, but it's what's interesting to me is it's not because the track surface is abrasive like the way it is in some of the other places. It's not eating away the tire. Uh, uh, to me, I think it's because the aggregate in the asphalt has become so polished that it, uh, it just, after the really sticky, shiny part of the tire has worn off, uh, the, everything just starts to slide around a lot more and we lose grip. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I'm very excited about the fact that, you know, when I, what I hear when you say it's like 2012 again, what I hear is, uh, it, the, the track has got a lot more grip. Uh, that tire dig has gone away. Uh, and, uh, I think we're going to see some record lap times there. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet I bet you're right. I bet yeah. you're absolutely right. It's gonna. I'm really. This is gonna be so cool to see Weck on this new surface. Oh because, yeah. And we've seen, you know, just guys out there. Maybe it can be cars. that little teaser to get him to come back again. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> come back to the table. Well, hey Ben, we just got a little bit of time left. I I had to add, talk about one thing. I was reading about something about your history, and you and I share something in common. We both got involved in racing through our wives a, a few years before. Nice. We, my wife gave me a three-day racing school at Skip Barber out at Willow Springs Raceway, and that changed my life. But apparently, your wife gave you a Christmas present to get you get you into racing. Yes, Christmas present to Texas World Speedway in College Station. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, may it rest in peace. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, and uh, the. Uh, golly, it's turned out to be the most expensive Christmas present in the history. <laughs> it keeps on giving. But, uh, 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 but uh, I am uh, grateful to her, not only uh, that uh, she gave it to me back then, but that she continues to put up with it today. I was going to uh, ask uh, about yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you got a good uh, one, Ben. Uh, <laughs> I almost feel like I have a mistress on the side uh, with when it comes to racing. Uh, and uh, it's a it's a difficult spot to be in with the family uh, many times, and she is extremely uh, uh, understanding. Uh, gives me a lot of grace uh, to be out to be able to go out and 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 play and have fun. Fantastic. You know, Ben, that reminds me of Jay Leno when he says, I've got one wife and a lot of cars, and none of the other women are interested because I smell like gas and oil and tires. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> well, Ben, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us all this fantastic insight. And, of course, we'll be in touch uh, the closer you get to, to coming to Austin. I can't believe it's only three weeks. So February 22nd, 23rd, the World Endurance Championship coming back to Austin, and Ben will be hey, in there. come on down and meet, Ben, because this is one of the events yeah. you get to come into the garage. Yeah. You yeah. bet. It's totally different than F1. Yeah. Yeah. This garage is open. The pit lane is open. Uh, come down and say hi. I want to encourage, encourage everybody to come. Four different classes racing on the track at the yeah. exact same time. There's always action going on. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's, 
uh, I feel like most people think about the F1 track being kind of like F1. It's totally different. Yeah. You know, you can Good really point. get up close and personal uh, and, uh, you know, uh, bring your kids. Come on out. Yeah. Well, Ben Keening, thank you, sir. Congratulations uh, on uh, the, the good luck last weekend and uh, your fantastic career, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. We'll see you then. Drive All safe, right. buddy. And yeah, what a great 12 guy. 12 and under are free. Oh, that's right. For that I race. Saw that. So, that's uh, so count cool. that in your budget as well. All good, but uh, absolutely. Paddock and garages are open. You can go back and forth. A lot of times the teams will pull the rope back. That's their little signal that you're welcome to come into the garage at that work I, time. I have a secret for you. Go if for you it. walk up to the garages and the ropes uh, there, that's why you bring your 12 and under. You put your kid up there, they'll see a kid and they'll let they'll let the kid yeah. get right up into into the race. I've seen that many sometime. times. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good trick. Well, hey, what a we 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 didn't do that break. We're going to get our our commercials in after this last segment here. But anything else we didn't need to cover? Less. What about the Austin Hill Climb? You want to talk about the that? Austin Hill Climb? So those of you that have been around Austin back into the late seventies, early eighties, you'll you'll know exactly what it is. Uh, the Spokes Sports Car Club is uh, the local autocross club. Spokes, yeah, S P O K E S. Yeah, and they put on an event that was on the uh, lower water crossing below Mansfield Dam. Uh, back when that road only had you know one or two houses on, but anyway, it's uh they're doing it. Uh, some folks in the area, not that club, are trying to put together a hill climb like that again. You know, it's a ninety second run to the top of the hill kind of thing up a curvy road. Well, anyway, apparently there's a, a couple of folks out there trying to find a place to do that and uh, make it happen. I, I would be totally excited to go see that again. I loved going to that event and watching it. Hey, I also want to thank all the folks out at the Fully Charged Live North America Attic Circuit Americas yesterday. That was so cool, and uh, it's out there today, too, if you're uh, if you're listening to us live early in the day. But, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in on social media today, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Super Lap Battle USA is back at the Circuit of America's February 15th and 16th. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track built cars. Lone Star Drift ride alongs, grid like touring cup race, food trucks, a car show, and more. Don't miss Australian drivers Brett Diggy and Barton Maurer and see the Life Motorsports Nissan GTR back to defend its time of 207.181. Admission is only 10 bucks for the whole weekend of family fun. More at superlapbattleusa.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.